0: we could turn to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Philippians 1 and 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Sorry, that one was messing up there a little bit. Uh, I just want to talk about how God is going to finish the work that he has started in us. I wonder if before we're seated, can we just say one more quick word of prayer? Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that you would anoint my mind. Lord Jesus, use me to speak. God, open our hearts and our minds. Lord Jesus, we know. We know that you have a purpose and a plan for us. And God, hallelujah, we want you to finish it. God, we want to keep working. No matter how tiring, no matter how weary we may get, God, we want you to continue the work in us. Lord Jesus, Hallelujah. With every breath that we have in our body, God, we're going to continue on in this race, Lord Jesus, and we're going to work for you. Mighty God, we love you. We thank you tonight, Lord Jesus. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can go ahead and be seated tonight. When we think of our history and our presidents throughout history, you know, maybe not so much the recent ones just because we have access so easily to media and things like that. But whenever we think about, you know, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, all of these previous presidents in our history, we, the image in our mo- that comes to mind is that formal portrait of them, right? Every president throughout history has had this grand formal portrait that has been done. And one of the The most, um, I I guess, infamous uh, of those portraits is the one of Franklin D. Roosevelt uh, because it was the portrait that was unfinished. Um, It's the unfinished portrait of Franklin D. Roosevelt. There's been many articles that's been done on it, but on April 12th of 1945, the president had commissioned the painting of his, you know, formal portrait and in, it was in that very sitting of the portrait that he complained of a terrible headache and then suddenly collapsed in the chair. And, you know, we have no history, of course, that he, he passed away in that. And so the portrait was left unfinished. And so through, um, you know, the centuries, there have been many unfinished works, you know, painting, books, Musical compositions, architectural structures, all of these things, they were all left incomplete due to, you know, just sudden or unexpected things, death, disease, or whatever the case may be. And it's inevitable that some individuals will, being human, work will ultimately be left unfinished. But we know that that is never the case with the Lord. God's word assures us that he will complete The good work he has begun in us, like that verse that we just read in Philippians. God will complete the work that he has done. God has scripted a plan for every individual's life because God created us as individuals of free will. We can choose to ignore God's script for our lives and follow our own selfish desires, or we can choose to align ourselves with God's plan for us. The choice is absolutely and ultimately ours, right? We know that we can choose either the will of God or our own will. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight that it's not rarely is it ever this I am going to step outside of the will of God, right? We don't make that decision like, no, this is God's will that we just absolutely know, right? And then I'm going to do this. It's all of those little decisions along the way that we just slowly start to step outside in the direction of our own desires, um, and so, but we have, that. it's because we have that free will, right, God is not, um, you know, this ultimate, he's not going to force us, right, into anything, so the choice is ours, but he does have a plan for our lives, absolutely, and no matter what, whether we choose his will or whether we decide our own will, God cannot and will not be surprised, right, um, He desires us to conform to his design script for our lives, but um, he will allow us to go our own way, and that is our choice. However, make no mistake that choosing to follow our own selfish human desires instead of following God's plan will not deter his ultimate plan. Rather, he will utilize our decisions to work towards good outcomes for other individuals, working towards the good of those who love God and are called according to his divine purpose. We know in Romans 8, And so there are two calls uh, from God f- to every believer. The first one, that God calls all individuals to salvation, right? We know that. That is our first and ultimate call. Calling is to salvation. It's the most important call anyone will ever receive. And salvation through Jesus Christ gives our lives significance and aligns us with God's plan for our life. Um, You know, so if if you don't know where to start, (laughs) that's where we start, right? God's ultimate and first uh, choice of the will of God is for salvation. But secondly, every believer who accepts the salvation call also receives God's call to an individual work, of ministry within the body of Christ. No believer in the body of Christ is without meaning or purpose. Absolutely. Not a single one, right? No believer is without meaning or purpose. God has a purpose and a plan, and not just the grand purpose and plan. I'm talking about his purpose and plan in this church, in this work that God is trying to do. And so God has called every person to find his or her place within the function of the entire body, which is the church. To minister is to serve, right? We hear pastors talk about that a lot, and I hope I'm not repeating anything, but we are called to serve the body of Christ through the roles that God has called us to and the positions that he has placed for us. And so I hope that throughout this you'll reflect inwardly as well as in the altar call of just your role in the church and in the body of Christ and also, um, you know, God's calling on your life that you would just reflect and say, do I have a role? Am I fulfilling that purpose? Um, because as we go th- through this, we're gonna, I'm going to break it down a little bit here. Our calling of service within the church involves a specific work for which God has created us. We are dedicated, we are to dedicate ourselves to performing and completing that work. And of course, we're all called to win souls, right? That is our ultimate uh, goal there. Um, And we all have a testimony to share for others. And the next lesson is actually going to be on that. It's all going to be about our testimony. And I thought it was appropriate seeing as how next month we are going to have a testimony service. So hopefully... I can inspire some people to, to share their real testimony with uh, the church uh, next month. But both within and without the church body, right, we are to win souls and to, have our te- to share our testimony in the church and outside of the church. But beyond our general calling to reach the lost, we also have a specialized work to which we should devote ourselves. And if you know Pastor for any length of time, you know that he will put you to work. Our specific work may be either a specialized area of ministry to the lost or to our fellow members in the church. God has given every one of us unique gifts and abilities which he will use for his glory when we submit to them to him, right? When we, we have, we all know what we're good at, right? I mean, we kind of figure that out growing up through school and through our jobs and things like that. Um, When we submit those things to God, he will use them for his kingdom. The joining together of all of these different gifts and abilities make the church strong and vibrant in its ministry throughout. And a person's work may be to preach or to teach or it may be to play a musical instrument or to sing. It could be calling you as a a missionary either at home or abroad or involve your abilities to assist in the administration of the work of the church, but whatever the calling, it is special and unique to each and every person. I mean, the church needs everyone, right? The church is a body, and it has many members, and we can never get it in our minds that we are, we just can't do anything, or, you know, we don't have our place, because there is absolutely a role and a place for everyone. If we could turn in our Bibles to Acts 23, starting at verse 11. Acts 23, 11. I'm going to read 11 through 14. Acts 23, starting at verse 11. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Verse 12. And when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. And they were more than 40 which had made this conspiracy. And they came to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a great curse, and we will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. I just think that it's just so amazing that God gave him the revelation. God called Paul to testify in Rome. So he knew that even with this coming against him, he had that assurance that his work was not finished Nothing would prevent Paul's fulfillment of that calling because God was guiding Paul's way toward an eventual mission to Rome. He had that assurance that I'm not going to die today because my work is not finished. God still has a work for me to do. In Acts 23 verse 11, it says that God, we read God's encouraging words, God let Paul know that in no uncertain terms, that he would testify in Rome just as he had in Jerusalem. Paul had just faced an intense grilling by the Jewish Sanhedrin council. And from a human perspective, right, from our perspective, Paul had every reason to be discouraged. But God did not leave him without an encouraging word. God had a specific plan for Paul's life, and he would not allow that plan to be stopped. God has a grand plan for enacting his will in the world. And amazingly, each one of us has a specific work to perform within that incredible plan. It's beautiful to think that even the smallest things that we do for the kingdom of God are all a part of the grand plan, the grand scheme of things. Um, and so it's so beautiful to, if we think of things that way. We may not experience what the world views as success in every venture or undertaking, and sometimes we may feel like we're failing, um, but God will bring to pass his ultimate plan in the end. And he will use us in the process as long as we keep ourselves submitted to his will. You know, we've done a lot of different outreach methods. We've done a lot of different things, and you know what? Sometimes it yields absolutely nothing. And sometimes we do none of those things. And then we get all these visitors and all these things. But it it doesn't mean we stop working, right? God has a purpose and a plan. And no matter what, it's going to come to pass. As long as we're submitted to his will. In the... 11th century, King Harry III grew tired of court life and the pressures of being a monarch, and he made an application to Prior Richard at the local monastery, asking to be accepted and to spend the rest of his life in the monastery. Your Majesty, the Prior Richard said, do you understand that the pledge here is one of obedience? That will be hard because you have been a king. I understand, said Henry. The rest of my life, I will be obedient to you as Christ leads you. Then I'll tell you what to do, he said. Go back to your throne and serve faithfully in the place where God has put you. And when King Harry died, a statement was written, the king learned to rule by being obedient. When we tire in our roles and in our responsibility, it helps to remember that God has planted us in a certain place and told us to be a good Whatever it is that we are in the church, a good servant, Christ expects us to be faithful where he puts us. Sometimes it can get weary, right? When we're working in the church and we're working and we're working and we're doing this or we're doing that or we're filling different roles or we're doing roles that we may not necessarily want to do for a season, things like that. But when we are faithful where God puts us, He will honor that, and it's all a part of God's plan. And while we can be certain that God has a work for us to do in the performance of of his will, we also can be sure that his enemies will do whatever they can to stop his will, right? I mean, we see with Paul, it was a group of more than 40 Jews That so despised the work of Paul and what he was trying to accomplish for God that they all, can you imagine, like, we can't even, you know, get 40 people to, you know, do something in the church, but they have 40 people vowed, I'm not going to eat or drink until Paul is dead. I mean, if anybody's had employees or done anything, you know that that's, (laughs) it's a hard thing to do, Right. There's 40 people out there that said, that committed themselves, such dedication to say, I'm not going to eat or drink until Paul has been killed. They were intent on stopping him and stopping the message of Jesus Christ and his church. This group conspired with the chief priests and the elders in a plan to ambush Paul and execute violence against him. The hatred that Satan has for God and his kingdom is something that maybe we, can't even fully understand because Satan will go to any length or depth or depravity to oppose God and his kingdom. And consequently, Christians sometimes can get caught in the crossfire of Satan's opposition to God and his plan. But what's so amazing is that God turns all of Satan's attempts at afflicting the people of God into sources of strength and learning and spiritual growth No pain of affliction is pleasant or enjoyable, but we know that it's going to strengthen us. It's going to work for our good. Amen. And so one writer put it this way. He said, contrary to what might be expected, I look back on experiences that I had or that at the time seemed especially painful with particular satisfaction. I can say with complete truthfulness that everything I have learned in my 75 years in this world, everything that has truly enhanced and enlightened my experience has been through affliction, not through happiness. So we know, of course, that no one wants to go through times of trial and pain and hurt, and it may be because we are fighting this fight, right, that we are trying to spread this gospel, that we are living our life according to the will of God, and that can bring some opposition and some hurt, but it's so amazing to know that we serve a God that's going to work it out for our good, a God that's going to use those experiences to strengthen us, to teach us, to mold us, to help us, and to propel us forward into his will, Fortunately, Paul's nephew heard the plot and warned Paul, who sent him, to speak to the Roman Roman tribune, warning him of the plan. And the tribune arranged for 200-man army to escort Paul to the governor Felix, providing him protection as a Roman citizen. Opposition to the work of God never catches the Lord off guard. Again, he will not be surprised, right? God is fully aware of Satan's opposition and his work in the world, and he is omniscient, possessing perfect knowledge of all things. Whatever the will and purpose of God may be, we can be certain that Satan will actively oppose it on every front and by every means possible. But fortunately, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says in John 15 and 18, if the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. None of us can avoid having some enemies because there are just enemies of God, right? A reporter was was interviewing an old man on his 100th birthday. What are you most proud of, he asked. Well, said the man, I don't have an enemy in the world. What a beautiful thought, said the reporter. How inspirational. Yep, added the, uh, the gentleman. He said, I outlived every last one of them. <laughs> Despite whatever enemies one may have in life and whatever opposing forces one may face, the believer will have complete assurance and know uh, that there will be success within the purposes of God. God will complete his work in every believer. God will complete his work in me, in you, in us, in Higher Purpose Pentecostal Church. Amen. God does not abandon the work he begins. He will finish every work. God has demonstrated this truth from the very beginning of time in Genesis 2. God tells us in finishing all of the work of creation, the heavens and the earth, it says on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made and rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. Uh, verse 1 and 2. The same principle is true with regard to God's working in the, in our lives. We can be certain that he will complete within us every work that he has begun. God was not through with his plan for the For Paul's life. And so he activated a plan for Paul's rescue from his enemies. And I mean, if you can believe the the Romans, they are not God-fearing people. And God used them to 200-man guard um, for Paul. Not only was God not surprised by those who opposed Paul's work and their plan to destroy him, God already had a plan in place to assure his safe passage The Romans were not friends of Jesus Christ and his church, but God used them and put a plan in their hearts. They arranged for and used an army to provide his safe passage, and they brought Paul to the Roman governor of Caesarea, um, and that was only one part of God's plan for guiding him safely through Rome. Although it was not quite time for him to go to Rome, God was preserving Paul by keeping him safe, From harm from his enemies. God had a plan for Paul's life and no opposition could stop that plan. Regardless of the number or strength of the opponents, God's plans are always at least one step ahead of his enemies. God had an encompassing plan for the life of Paul, which included his eventual trek to Rome where he would testify and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ by whatever means. God would fulfill his plan for Paul at the appropriate time. Paul would indeed go to Rome where he would fulfill the the plan and the will of God. It's gratifying to know that God's plan for us to succeed in the work to which he has called us. He does not call us to fail. He has called us to perform the ministry of his church. He will empower us to successfully fulfill that call. Paul wrote, of God performing his will through us in his epistle to the Philippians. Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And then our scripture text in 1 and 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God will finish what he started. God will finish what he started. Hallelujah. And he will finish it in in two ways. God will complete his work of salvation in us. Remember that first calling? God will complete that work. Salvation is not just a momentary event in our lives, but it is an ongoing work that lasts a lifetime. Our own stubborn human will is the only force that can interrupt or derail God's work within us. And as long as we remain faithful to him, he will continue his work of salvation in us. And secondly, God will bring to completion the work he is doing through our lives to reach the lost, testify to the world, and minister to others in and outside of the church. Whatever our individual ministry may be, God will use it for his glory and bring it to successful conclusion before we take our final breath. God always completes the work he begins, and his work in each of us will be finished. We will not die as an incomplete, half-hearted beginning of a project, but our life and its work will be completed together at the appropriate time, demonstrating the faithfulness of God. Sometimes we can become discouraged because we can't see the big picture, right? The big part of God's plan. I know I've been guilty of it. And sometimes we come to think that we're failing in the work of God. A lot of times we know, especially when building and growing a church, when you don't see immediate results, you know, as you take on a ministry and you get so excited and and it's just not exactly happening how you expected it to, it's easy to get discouraged in those things because we can't see the big picture, because we don't know. The big plan. But we can take comfort and take encouragement in knowing that God does. He knows the big plan. He has the big plan. He sees it all. He knows it all. Hallelujah. And he's going to work it out for our good. Hallelujah. If we could stand tonight, I just want to end on this note. God's work is not finished. God will finish the work. God will finish the work. And it doesn't matter what stage we are in our walk with God right now, whether God is just now getting started on the work, I want you to know that there is absolutely a place, a ministry, a work to be done here. And if you're already working, I want to encourage you that God's going to finish the work. Hallelujah. And if you don't know what his purpose and his plan is for you, I encourage you that as we pray at the altar tonight that God would speak to us. Ask God, God, what is it exactly that you are calling me to do? What can I do now? And whatever you are doing now in the church or outside of the church, all of it, I would like us to pray that we would be faithful where God has us and say, God, I don't see the big plan. But you do, and I'm going to trust in that. And, God, I'm going to work and be a part of your perfect will. And I want to also encourage us to just submit ourselves to the will of God tonight and just say, God, whatever your will is, God, I just want your will to be done. If we could come forward tonight, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank
1: you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus, that no matter What opposition we face, no matter what comes our way, Lord Jesus, that we know, God, hallelujah, that you have a work to do in us. Hallelujah, there is no sin. There is nothing that we've done, God. Hallelujah, that would prevent us from the work of God. Hallelujah, Jesus, we know. Hallelujah, that we can work in your church. We can work for your kingdom. we would not gauge our success hallelujah on